How you doing? Welcome to Music Industry City's Tuesday Talkies, where I discuss what's going on in the world of music business. I'm Peter Schwing, and joining me today are my co-hosts, Sam Tall and The Duke. If there's something you'd like to chime in about, join us in the chat or leave a comment below. So, we're kicking off November, and we want to get you up to date about all the programming on, music, on the Music Industry City Network. So, starting next week, there will be five times to catch Music Industry City programming. We start off the week with Aisha Adamo on the Monday kickoff, motivating create for career tips and other talks to get you going. Tuesday Talkies stays in its same slot. Then Wednesdays will be dedicated to covering news and pop culture. And Thursdays have a double header. New thoughts with Stephanie Carlin, who you may remember from Tuesday Talkies. She moves over to the Thursday slot. And we also do a freeform live call-in show. And that's you know, it's going to be everywhere, but check it out on Twitch. And that's uh, you can keep in the comments, and we'll post uh, the links there for you. That's at 9 p.m. Eastern. All the other shows are at 2 p.m. You get to pick the topics and join in the conversation. So, but enough about those programs. Today, the team is going to talk about Spotify, letting record labels influence personalized recommendations. And Kid Cudi is launching an artist-empowering interactive live music app called Art Encore. And it's election day, so make sure you get out and vote. We have a lot to cover, so let's get to it. Spotify will start allowing artists and labels to have extra promotional influence by using a new discovery mode feature. In short, this will influence autoplay tracks, the ones that play after a listener has finished an album or playlist, and on Spotify radio, in which the platform selects songs based on listener usage. This sounds great, but there is also a cost attached to it. Labels or right holders agreed to be paid a promotional recording royalty rate for streams and personalized listening sessions where we provided the service, says Spotify. Here with his thoughts on this is Sam Tall. Sam, I I have so many questions and I can already feel the rumbling of the industry over this one. Who is this good yeah. for, Sam? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, Spotify shareholders, first and foremost, but outside of that, I don't know. Um, so here's kind of what I think is, first and foremost, this cuts the royalty burden in certain instances, particularly where... Um, priority tracks are concerned, which is the catalog that generates the most money, costs the most in terms of royalties. So if Spotify can find a way to allow rights owners, and I want to say rights owners to ambiguate away from just labels because artists are supposed to also get this tool. Rights owners can prioritize what they want the algorithm to look at, and in exchange they pay they pay, they give up part of their royalties, which Spotify's number one cost is royalties. That's the thing that, you know, routinely is looked at as keeping them from achieving profitability, which as a company is, of course, super important for their shareholders. It's super important for the music industry. Uh, reducing uh, royalties is not how generally we, we want Spotify to achieve profitability. We look at things like marketing, salary, other general overhead uh, as a little bit outside. But there's no getting around the fact that Spotify, if you look at their financials, 80 plus percent of their money goes to royalties. Um, so it's sort of like a, you know, a, a tug of war between like, here's a lot of money out the door already. Maybe it should be closer to the 70% that was originally expected and intended for them. Um, 
but at the end of the day, uh, this is going to be one of those sort of clash of titans moments, I think. Um, an unintended consequence, too. This is like the first shot, you know, in the dark that turns into an all-out brawl. Um, I really hope, though, that this is a tool that is used and uh, treated equitably by Spotify, that we have independent artists and independent labels able to access a, a broader discovery audience by virtue of indicating what their priority tracks are, maybe boosting their position in algorithmic recommendations a little bit more. Uh, frankly, if independent talent can make use of this and achieve new audiences and find new growth that they couldn't find before, that only helps the major labels because then the major labels can take some of the guesswork out of who they sign. They don't have to build the audiences the same way. It really is a win-win across the board, but I, my gut just doesn't tell me that's how this is going to get handled. Uh, I, I really don't know whether this is going to become rife with abuse, whether it's Spotify is going to you know, make out like a bandit with paying less in royalties. I don't expect it to be that big of a change, but I do expect it to have some kind of impact on a track by track basis. Um, obviously, time will tell. Spotify hasn't revealed to us what the numbers are in terms of what that rate discount is going to be, what the terms are, whether that rate is permanent or time based or how long something stays in discovery mode. Or There's a lot of things that we just don't know yet. Yet. Um, but for obvious reasons, a lot of people just really are skeptical. Uh, and, and anything Spotify does is going to get looked at with some skepticism for sure. And and that's that's the truth. I mean, anytime they're doing something, it's they're going to be under the microscope. Um, yeah, I the, again, so many questions. Just a couple of things that come to mind. What if everybody, like all the major labels, start opting in at the same time? Because now you're just fighting for the same space. And here's what they also said. Um, if, quote, if the songs resonate with listeners, we'll keep trying them in similar sessions. If the songs don't perform well, they'll quickly be pulled back. Listener satisfaction is our priority. We won't guarantee placement to labels or artists, and we only ever recommend music we think listeners will want to hear. So, if it gets cycled back, does that mean the pricing goes back to the original payout? Or is it like once you opt in and say, I accept the reduced royalty rate, uh, is this for life? Is there is there a sunset in it? And what, you know, these are things that are going to be challenged. Well, and notably in uh, some of the comments, uh, I believe this was in Music Ally, um, some of the comments from Spotify, some of the clarifications were like, you're not, you know, it's not a, a reduction in royalties, which is kind of a contrary to what they're saying. The argument they're making is there's not a reduction in royalties at the end of the day, because what you're actually getting is a larger audience, more plays, pro probably more crossover throughout the catalog. And then of course, a longer tail sort of, uh, impact. And so the ROI uh, accounts for the discount that the uh, label or the artist is taking on on the royalties for those specific period that they're in the discovery mode. I don't quite buy that. We also just don't know enough to know whether that's going to bear out. Um, I think, you know, one of the things that is concerning is they're talking about this in a way that the algorithm already works, that they prefer music that 
resonates with the audience. That's that's exactly what it's for. That's what Discover Weekly drives already. Uh, and so what this is supposed to allow is for rights owners to indicate, well, you're giving algorithmic preference to tracks that we're not actually necessarily interested in promoting or um, that you know are deep tracks in the album and never really performed anyway. So there's just kind of like some direction we want to take, especially if Spotify is not moving as quickly as, say, for example, the TikTok algorithm and a track that moves viral on a social platform like that. The problem is, like you mentioned, you know, what if everybody starts putting a focus track up? What if everybody starts indicating that, you know, these many tracks are focuses, whether they're focuses or not? Well, if everything's a priority, nothing's a priority. And the end result then is that we just are left with the same algorithm, just with if you don't set something to discovery mode, it's going to get not upranked because it's in discovery mode, everything outside of that's actually going to get downranked. And so all this stuff that would normally fall into the typical algorithmic scan and recommendation engine just gets overlooked because of the prioritization that's put on by the labels and the artists. Yeah, it there's there's two two sides of this also one you know because they also again they say we only recommend music we think listeners will want to hear so even if a, a label and artist says make this a focus track spotify is still going to curate it in a sense sure. and and the difference so this where is the difference where people are crying payola Whereas right. pa Paola was the DJ is going to play it and you're in a car, you're listening to it in the office. It's forcing you to listen unless you manually get up and change the station here. It's still more tailored. And they're saying like, well, we're not going to just put this because it's also tailored to listening taste. But then at what point, you know, uh, how what this the, the algorithm they say has loads and loads of signals is the mm -hmm. word they, they use is signals and this is just one of the new signals that the, that the uh, artist or the label can influence um, just like you know when you do a playlist uh, pitch through Spotify for artists to set things up for release radar you indicate the instruments the language the genres mm -hmm. some descriptors those are all signals as well uh, but those are limited of course to new releases and I think this is just a right. kind of expanding that out to catalog as well the it's just it, it's tough to know what other signals are in play. There's a mm -hmm. sort of like this Spotify uh, figure called the popularity score. That's hard to understand. It's a proprietary metric of the way that they classify tracks. Uh, you can see a popularity score of an artist on a chart metric uh, because that's data that lives in Spotify's API that you can call if you have access to it. Um, and so you can kind of see where you rank in that sort of a, an environment, but we don't actually know the entire math that goes into that popularity score. We don't know how they're measuring that uh, and what other scores they're using that aren't uh, publicly visible through the API or other means. And so it could be the case where this you know, discovery mode unintentionally or intentionally becomes another signal that's just kind of like, uh, you know, a, a gatekeeping method that mm -hmm. Spotify really wants to pay less money. And so they're just going to over focus things that cost them less, just like they're over focusing on podcasts, which cost them virtually nothing. Right. Yeah, it's it's going to be very interesting as the industry 
is going to be buzzing about this one for quite some time. Thanks, Sam. Make sure to get out and vote today. I know you're on the West Coast, so you got plenty of time. Mailed it in. All right, fantastic, way to go. All right, so following the closing of a $2 million seed round led by Battery Ventures firm earlier this year, Kid Cudi announced they will be launching a new interactive live music app, and he will take on the chief creative officer role in the company. And Encore app is built around the idea that allowing artists to release new music, talk with fans, and host live shows from anywhere. Fans will be able to interact and also contribute their own content to artists and or event-centered communities, as well as have a shot at begging exclusive merchandise. So this is going to be a really interesting thing here. And I'm going to switch back over to this scene here and get this off. And there's Dave. Dave, how are you doing? What's your perspective on this? Um, it's, it seems rad, um, you know, on paper, whether it's going to be popular, like Twitch or, you know, TikTok or anything like that, I have no idea. Um, but it seems rad. And I think Twitch works for gamers. And I think there's a, there's a marketplace for people that, that like music that, um, don't want to be on Spotify as far as, uh, they want to visually have something to interact with. So I think it's really rad. Um, I think it's really rad that Kid Cudi who came out in like 2008 is is still doing things because I think back in the days um, he might have been dubbed a one hit wonder and I think that one hit wonders don't exist anymore so um, I think that's just wonderful that people once they're in they can really make their own uh, moves so I, I, I applaud Kid Cudi for that I don't know if it's going to be super popular I don't know how you know large the reach is going to be but I think it's rad especially with you know people like Travis Scott doing these twitch performances and stuff and you know obviously you remember second life or those that remember second life at least you know things come and things go and but i, I think it's a rad concept and uh, when i first saw it i thought about this um charlie parker quote when i read this charlie parker book and he said in the future this was in 1940 or whatever he said in the future there's going to be a box and uh, all of us are going to be in the box all the musicians he was talking about and he said that people will just take them out of the box when they need them and uh, you know obviously nobody understood what he was talking about but I do this all the time as a producer, man. I pull the I pull Charlie Parker out of the box whenever I need him. You know what I mean? And he's been been dead a long time ago. So if you can have the thoughts of the future and be a visionary of the future, if Kid Cudi is doing that, I think it's rad. And uh, only time will tell. You know, I don't have the answers, obviously, um, but I like it. Uh, thumbs up for me. Right on. You know, I was thinking it's kind of like it, it's it sounds really interesting. And, you know, I'm all for like new technology and, you know, it's it's vague on the details exactly. But it kind of sounds like a band camp meets YouTube meets Twitch in a way. And because there'll be some exclusives, there's a way for some merch and then there's also for downloads. You know, it's you know, are fans ready for a new platform though? Because there's so many options out there. And we're we're kind of like, you know, in a little like, you know, kind of ping pong match between platforms and going around and almost like you know, almost like a kind of a derby in a sense of like, what is, what horse is going to take the lead? And did you bet on that horse? Exactly. So are you going to bet on Kid Cudi's vision or are you going to bet on Joe Smith's vision? Because another vision coming next. Next week is going to be another one. <laughs> it's like, exactly. All right. Thanks a lot, Dave. That was great seeing you. It was always great perspective. So, so let's go over to, we're wrapping up. 
And that's it for today. Thank you all for tuning in. If you want to continue the conversation, leave a comment below. And if you find this interesting, hit that subscribe button and ring the notification bell to be a bit alerted about new shows. You can also find us at musicindustrycity.com and on your preferred podcast player. Thank you again to my co-hosts, Sam and the Duke. Have a rocking day. Peace.